Hello, and welcome to HR Unplugged. In addition to our regular episodes, we'll occasionally be spotlighting HR and business discussions from other events and webinars with our host, Anita Grantham, as well as other industry leaders from within Bamboo HR and beyond. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this week's bonus episode. Um, so excited to welcome you guys. If you have um, not been to a pillar webinar, uh, this is our webinar series. We invite leaders in the HR space to join us um, and really share, you know, a variety of talk on a variety of topics around the HR space. But I am super pumped to be joined by Anita today because she will actually be talking about something a little bit different than what we have been talking about. Um, in our past webinars and really kind of focusing on leading um, on leading when uncertainty is the new norm, which feels like that is the norm now. You know, we are, everything seems pretty uncertain. Um, let's see, we, if, I think I see people joining, joining in here. Jump into the chat, let's, let's get that going. Um, usually we try to keep these really interactive. You guys will notice that um, if you, yeah, jump right in there and let us know where you're coming from. Let us know what industry you're here from. Um, very excited to see you. Hi, Brittany. Hi, everybody. Um, Anita, how are you today? I'm doing great. I'm here in north of Salt Lake City, Utah. It is um, raining. It's 46 degrees, so we officially have gotten to winter. So where are you all at and how's the weather? I know it's from Portland to San Francisco. Good to see you all. Yeah. It's Indiana. Oh, yeah. Weather is great. Weather is great. Weather is great here in Philly too. We are, it's been, actually, it's such a, it's like gloomy and, and rainy out, but it's like, it's super warm, which I'm okay with. I'm like very okay with that. Hi Monique, how are you? Um, I'm seeing some names that I recognize in here, which is great. Um, hi Karina, that's awesome. Yeah, Chicago, it's chilly. It's like the cold has begun. It has, but it's beautiful. I love you get the cold with the crisp leaves and all the colors and it feels like I know, I know. Some of my team, our team members have like windows that face these like beautiful trees with like you can see every day kind of the leaves going from green to like these beautiful auburn colors. So it's awesome to be like deep in into the into October. Anita, do you celebrate Halloween? Oh, we do. We're all decked out for Halloween. We've got pumpkins and spiders and bats and all of the things, you know, because I have two little ones. They're seven and nine. So uh, we like everything Halloween right now. What about you? Um, we are. So I am like in the middle of a move. So we didn't decorate. But like normally we go all out. Like we like get really creative with our costumes. I've been I mean, everything under the sun. I've been I've been I was Shakira one year, like one of her one of her like animal ones. Um, I was what were Chris and I were. um uh key and peel at some point um we have done everything the next thing i have is like we're gonna start dressing up our dog we, we he's we've only had him for two years so like we didn't dress him up last year and like we're going for it this year you gotta do it i got my dog this mane this lion mane and it's so hilarious <laughs> and then we also got him a prisoner outfit because he's so naughty all the time so. oh. <laughs> oh i love that that's he's a black and white stripe and that's also funny that is too cute. That is too cute. My sister's dog is a banana and oh, her funny. cat is, I can't remember what her cat's going to be. I think a penguin or something like that. I mean, like the cuteness is, is insane. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's so exciting. 
Um, let's do, okay, so let's let's dive in. Um, it's, it's about 107 now. I wanna, uh, let's get into this topic. So um, for those of you who do not know Anita, I'll do a quick intro um, in a couple of, in about a minute or so. Uh, the structure usually of our of our webinars can fluctuate, so I'll just share a little bit about how to um, what you can expect for this hour. So Anita is going to um, jump in, into a presentation that she's going to give, um, really discussing um, leadership during during times like these, and we'll get into kind of the weeds of what that means. Throughout the webinar and throughout the presentation, we will include some polls, um, and we will also like we want to keep this interactive. So please like jump in share your questions. You are the reason that we are here. So the more you participate in the chat, the more it feels like we are not just alone on some virtual virtual stage. Um, right. Although this is lovely to, to be with you, Anita. Um, okay. So reiterate, jump in with us. We have a good small group. So like definitely jump in and we can make it all about you. It doesn't have to be on the screen. All about you. Exactly. Exactly. And this feels, you know, it's like, to me, that makes it feel more intimate too. It feels like we're together on this. Um, okay, so let me let me do a quick intro on Anita, since I'm not sure that I'm sure that there are people here who do not, do not know you. So Anita is currently the head of HR at Bamboo HR. Uh, prior to Bamboo HR, Anita has led teams across a ton of industries, tech, cloud-based marketing, construction, real estate, love to talk about that later, um, education and customer experience. Um, and she also served as a chief people officer for Pluralsight, um, which was consistently ranked as by Fortune's best workplaces list while she was there. Um, in 2020, Nita was honored with the For All Leadership Award by Great Places to Work. Um, my favorite part of her bio was this, this one-liner that her company kind of snuck in there, and I loved it. Uh, she brings with her a long history of creating award-winning workplaces that set people free to do great work. Uh, I just really loved seeing that and just that, 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 that imagery of setting people free within work and the idea that that's kind of the direction that we want to go in as people leaders. It's just really beautiful to see it. So Anita, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining us again. Oh, thanks for having me. And setting people free to do great work is Bamboo's mission. It's been the mission for 14 years, and it just is a beautiful way to capture the work we all do. So I'm glad you like that. Oh, I did. I love that. I didn't know it was their mission. It, uh, to me, it like aligns so much with you. So it sounds like you're really in the right place. Um, you really are. So I, I let I'll pass the mic over to you actually, and and let you kind of jump in and get started. Brittany's saying she's such a big fan of HR. So awesome. Brittany's over at NCAMP. Awesome. Great to see you. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah, we can dive in. And what we've done is we've kind of talked about we're gonna hit four areas kind of in rapid fire. And these are all things that the, the pillar team has kind of put together as top topics across the world right now. Do, do you think that's right? Like yeah. just kind of things that are coming up in most all of our conversations. One is, you know, on the next slide there, how to manage stress, um, to lead with confidence, setting strategy and navigate uncertain economic factors because that's playing in, building a culture in a remote and hybrid world, and then providing a clear vision to drive engagement. So we're not going to go deep into any one of these four. We're going to kind of surface them all together. Again, ask questions, interact, get in your thoughts along the way, um, because we do want to make this all about y'all and what matters most to you. So if we if we go ahead and dive in on the next slide, 
you know, I'd love to put up, I think we've got a poll on this of how confident are you to lead through anything right now? Right? Like this, this all starts, this first part is about self-leadership. And I kind of want to get a sense of how confident are you that you can lead through anything right now? So go ahead and, I love and this question. yeah, it's a, it's a cool question. I mean, I took wish... me a long time to figure this one out. What were you going to say? Sorry. Sorry. I just got excited to answer it for, for myself, even aloud. Like I, I almost want to like fit myself between neutral and not confident. You know, it's like, it's like, I'm like, you know, or even just like in this middle space of like, sometimes I'm confident, sometimes I'm not. Um, and, and just, yeah, something, something around there. It's just really complex. There are things that feel like they are um, really easy and some things that feel like they're super hard. I'm going to go with neutral. I think that's kind of the closest I can get. Okay. Um, let's see. What are people saying? Okay. Yeah. People are jumping in with me. Neutral, neutral, like 50% neutral, 30% confident, 20% not confident. I hear you not confident. I'm with you on that one. And like, there's no wrong answer here. This is just for you. No one else knows where you voted. And so I just want you to kind of like think and sit in the question a little bit. And one of the reasons why I love to start with this question is because we as cultural leaders, we are the ones that perpetuate the energy inside our organizations. So if we're not feeling confident, like on this next slide on slide four, what we put out there is actually mirrored back to us. So I just want you to be aware that however you're feeling in the day, in the minute, in the hour is a mirror image of what you're putting out. And so there's a lot of studies on this. They're actually called mirror neurons, hmm. right? You have mirror neurons in your brain. And as humans, you can look this up. We like to reflect what we see. And to me, this is such a central piece to our own leadership is understanding that what we put out, we get back. And so there's often times if I don't feel I can show up in the best version of myself, I will change meetings. I will not be on Zoom. I will, you know, I will give myself the space to kind of, you know, back away to check in with myself to come back in. And what this means is I'm actually more committed to excellence in the work product that I'm delivering. And if I don't feel like I can deliver that for you, like, or for Pillar or for this webinar, then I'm going to come up and tell you. And I think it's that level of honesty and self-awareness if we go to the next slide, that's really important in this time of hybrid work right? We have so much inside our own operating systems right now, so many things competing for our attention that if we're not aware, we've got this work-life blur. A lot of people have talked about, we've got to think beyond our wellness and thinking about what is it that makes you really happy, right? And what are you going to do to architect and design that into your day so you can show up to be your best self? So, you know, I'd love any thoughts or reactions in the chat on that. You know, Adisa, I'd love to hear your thoughts on on how that lands for you. Yeah, it's kind of the center point to leading through uncertainty. Yeah, it's really it's like being in being in touch with what you need first. It's like that you know that analogy that I hear a million times. It's like put your put your life mask on first before you put it on somebody else. You know, it's like I certainly feel that on a regular basis. It's like if I'm not feeling okay, then it's it's hard for me to deliver a hundred percent on anything. It is. It is, and so. That's why, especially in a role that I think takes more of us than ever before, we have to be the example 
of what self-care looks like so that we're we're showing up and we're able to inspire that in others. Yeah. So I just really, I, I don't want to pass over that because in a time of uncertainty, you need to center yourself, yeah. right? Center yourself through the uncertainty. And that's going to help generate that more confident version of you that yeah. is more effective. Um, you know, you do, you like to have a problem solving culture because the problems are there. It's the gift that keeps on giving. I always tell my team, like, don't, don't, I, I need you for four years or six years. I don't want you to sprint and only be available to me for six or nine months. The work will always be there. The problems will always be there. Prioritize, handle the things that matter most to you and we'll get through the rest. But yeah. part of it is that we don't enable with enough tools to say, help me prioritize, help me understand what matters most so that I can architect and design the things I need to really focus on. So no one's going to do that for me. So I have to take that upon myself to make sure that I am doing it to take care of me and deliver the best work that I can. Anita, that sounds very challenging when you're in a leadership position. Like it's like, it's like we talk about it and it's like, do this, do this, do this, but it's just sounds so challenging. Like what is your tip for when you are in a situation where you, where it is very difficult to be an example of self-care, to be an example of, of that balance, um, what do you, what do you recommend? What, what tips do you have for people in that, in that situation? Yeah, there's a few. And some of them are personal and professional as I don't believe in balance. I just believe in harmony and there's times oh. I'm focused and there's times I'm more home focused and it kind of, it just ebbs and flows between those two. So part of it is, um, you know, as a, as a mom of, of little girls, um, you know, I, I work really hard to relinquish the guilt piece right? Like if I'm feeling guilty, I have to realize that that's a feeling that I've self-created. No one's doing it to me, right? Like I'm imposing that on myself. And maybe that's just something for me to be curious about. Like I had, I had a whole series of things last week and I was really feeling crummy about it. And one of the things I recognized is that if I want to be at doctor's appointments and dentist appointments for the girls, I just need to be proactive and call that out. And I wasn't at it last week and it really bothered me. And so it was a good lesson to just be like, you know what, going forward, I'm not going to ask it if it's important. I know it's important from how I feel not being there. And so I'm going to make sure that I'm there going forward. And that's just going to be part of my harmony. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one thing. And then to do that, I have to be ruthless in my prioritization on the work side. And so part of that is starting every week. This is a, a Franklin Covey habit that I started earlier in my career that's been so gold is every Sunday night, I look through the entire week. And I make sure that my time is allocated to the things that matter most. And every night before I close going into the next day, I look at the day to make sure that's still lined up. And every morning I look through the day to make sure that I've got time to achieve the things I want to achieve. Mm -hmm. Like I know like an hour before a webinar, I don't want to have meetings, mm -hmm. right? So an hour, my, I call it like um, I'm in mountain time. So it's, it's 11 o'clock. So my period between 10 and 11 was unscheduled. And that way I can take care of myself and get ready and, get my tech organized. Cause we had a few tech issues that came up at the last minute and you know, all of those things that um, I know that I need to be able to do my best work yeah. and so put that time into your schedule. I, also I apologize. That's okay. <laughs> I also like don't do calls and multitask if I've got the kids in the car. Mm -hmm. like, there'd be a lot of times where like, Oh, I'm going to go pick up the girls. I'll take a call on my way home from school. I don't do that anymore. Um, it's just not a time where I can be present to them or be present to the person on the call with. So I really ask myself, what is the environment that's going to allow me to do the best work and yeah. make sure 
organize my time that way. Yeah, I love that. It's like really compartmentalizing, making space for for, for things so that you have space for the things that matter. Um, I love that. And creating like the optimal culture for yourself or environment for yourself to succeed, uh, right. which takes intention. Like you have to be very intentional about it. Which takes more time, but it actually saves you time. Mm -hmm. So one of my favorite questions is when do you need that by? Like, I just don't assume that somebody asks me and I've got to respond in 24 hours. A lot of that, us put self-imposed timeframes onto ourselves. Yeah. And so I don't do that anymore. I'll just simply ask you, hey, when do you need it by? And more often than not, they don't need it for a minute. Right. <laughs> not just standing there on Slack. Got it. <laughs> so just really up, light, and direct, when do you need it by? And then just say, hey, that works for me. Or actually, no, could I have until this day to deliver it to you? But then you got to deliver. Yeah. I could ask you a million more questions on this. So <laughs> let's. Whatever you want. If this is useful, give us a hint in the chat. Is this useful? Yeah. Because I do think that like time management is. 80% of the battle that yep. we struggle with in this remote time frame. So if there's anything burning for you, let's let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I'll save it, I'll save it to the end. But my the first thing that came to mind is just how does that approach shift over a career, right? It's like in your early days when you're, you know, maybe you're gunning for a position that you really want, you know, how do you shift? How do you really manage that over time? Or is this is this something that you really create space for later? But I can save that. Or you want oh, to good one. It's such a good one. Well, I I, I love it because what I think I hear you saying, though, is that earlier in your career, when you're gunning for that promotion or you want, you feel like you have to take on a lot. Like, mm -hmm. is that what you're kind of saying? I'm sure that that's, that's, that's been my experience. And I, I imagine people in the chat as well, if you want to jump in. Yeah. So I would actually challenge that because mm -hmm. I think the more that you take on, the less you deliver with excellence. There's some thumbs up. Yeah. yeah. So I think it depends what you're really committed to, because if you take on a lot and you half-ass it all, that's probably not going to get you to your promotion. If you take on two or three things and knock it out of the park and make meaningful impact mm -hmm. to the, the customer of the business, I think that's going to actually increase your ability to achieve what you want to achieve in your career. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. I love that. I love that. I wish I had spoken to you 15 years ago. <laughs> I'm here for you now, so we'll make up for it for sure. Yeah. You're here now. Um, all right, let's do, let's, are you ready for the next subject? Should I click? Yeah, we're going to shift gears here and we're yeah. going to do another poll. And I'm curious what percentage of your teams have worked through an economic downturn. And so we're switching gears around self-leadership and we're moving into this economic time. That's, that's a little bit hairy. So I want to see, have you, um, how many of, have you worked through an economic downturn? Okay. Got it. Got it. Um, what percentage of your team has worked through? Okay. Um, I think probably for us, it's, I, I, I'm not going to say how many for us, but I'm, I'll answer. All right. So we are at, we're seeing less than 25%. Yeah. Yeah. Not everyone was here for the, for 2007, Yeah. Um, let's see, less than 25%, 25 to 50%. So a 40, a 40%, we're pretty even between the lower numbers, the lower than 50% majority of people are saying. So like 90% are saying less than 50% have worked through an economic downturn. Um, yeah, so the, I love this. So many of you have, but many of your teams, like half of your teams might have or have not. And that's kind of what I wanted to point out is that you know, we've been, I call this last 12 years, kind of the land of milk and honey. 
Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people, you know, and even if they have lived in it or they were born in it, they haven't been in professional roles through it. And so what I want you to recognize in this is it's a good question for you to ask your teams is saying, you know, what was the last economic downturn that you went through and what happened in the business that you were in? What was your experience with it? And what did you learn? And what do you think we need to apply in our business right now to be most effective? What do we need to like show up and do as leaders to help our effectiveness through this economic downturn? And so I think that's that's what's interesting. You know, it's funny if you look at like the news, you think the world is coming to an end. And then I just went to Disneyland, you know, last weekend and it's like buzzing with people with the biggest price increase that Disneyland has ever seen. You know, so I think it's definitely an interesting time. And so what maybe you see happening out in the world is different than what you see happening at work and with your customer base. And so I think there's a lot of things to take into effect. And one of the things that I think we as HR leaders can really be thoughtful about is how do we help the business move through it? So what do you see happening in your product? What do you see happening with your customers? Are they continuing to renew? Are they continuing to buy? Do you have, are they expanding? Are you bringing on new customers? And really being a part of that conversation and making sure that you as a leader, you have strong acumen around what's happening so that you can provide real strategic input into the conversation. So, you know, one of the things that keeps coming up, if you look at um, different articles and if you look at the the investment community out there, they want to make sure that all startups are well secured from a cash position to survive for the next two years. So if you're hiring, does that mean you're hiring more strategically? Does that mean you're slowing down your hiring? Mm -hmm. You know, what are are the implications? And I think HR really um, leading in those conversations is important. And I, I get this question a lot, Brittany, you're not alone. The question here is what if you aren't integrated into those conversations? The way to do it is to go ask the question and say, hey, you know, since I am leading our largest expense line item, right? Our people are our largest expense. How right. how is the leadership team thinking about the economic downturn? What are the KPIs? Like if you don't have access to the KPIs asking, you know, is revenue growing? Are we seeing expansion in our customer base? Are we seeing new business come on? Are we seeing churn in our customer base that they stopped buying additional products? Why do you think that is? And what's what's happening? So they're great one-on-one conversations to have with your head of marketing, your head of sales, your head of finance. Um, so that you can say, hey, I just want to make sure, you know, I'm really aligning our human strategy to meet the needs of the ever-changing customer base. Mm-hmm. So that's the best way to integrate yourself, Brittany, is to ask the question, um, because our customer are the leaders. Our customers are the humans. And so to serve the customer, you have to have that information, and it'll make a big difference for you, Brittany, in those conversations. So so the idea is like focus on the short term, I think 12 to 24 months is where we really want to be spending our time. We want to make sure that anything we ship out of our human people function aligns with the goals of the business. So there's nothing that we should ship that doesn't directly drive vision, mission or values or strategy. And you should be able to tie any program directly through to that. And then really thinking about what do you need to survive? How much cash needs to be in the bank? Are you going to grow the business or are you going to stay flat? Are you going to see no growth? And what does that mean for all of the things that you do programmatically? And to start thinking about that now. 
And one exercise that I just really love is if you got no more incremental spend in this next year, how would you run your function with excellence? What would you do? Hmm. Because oftentimes that level of constraint creates creativity. It creates opportunity. And it shows that you're thinking responsibly about the dollars that you have. So those are some some of the things that, you know, I think we as people leaders should be having top of mind um, and always thinking about, you know, keeping your team members versus securing new team members, just like customers is so much easier. So make sure you're really being thoughtful of your retention strategies. Right, right. I mean, that's so insightful. Well, how do you think about, um, how do you think about getting the information from your team that you need to kind of get a gauge of how they are, how they're doing around this? So, you know, is it, is it setting up one-on-ones? Is it uh, having an anonymous poll? Like, what is the sort of approach to make sure that your team is talking to you about, because everyone's sort of insecure, right, about the economy. It's like, there's always kind of that question, you know, how are leaders able to tap into and make sure that their, that their teams are, are feeling comfortable communicating that um, to them so that they can actually address it? Yeah, that's a great question. And I would just create with your team like a dashboard, right? What's net dollar retention? What's your growth rate? You know, how much business is coming from new customers? How much is coming from your expand motion? What's your attrition rate right now? Is it regrettable or non-regrettable? Mm-hmm. Launch any surveys around well-being. You know, um, how are your teams feeling? Do they have somebody they're connected to at work? Do they feel like their job, they can see how their job connects to the mission? Those are my two favorite questions. Do they feel like they can stay at the company for the next two years? Do they feel like they have growth opportunities? And do they feel like they're proud to be there? Mm-hmm. Um, those are all kind of, if I have like a top level one page, you know, eight to 10 KPIs, those are the things that I'm, I'm really looking at to get a pulse of how things are going because it has to be data-driven. Um, mm-hmm. I think oftentimes in HR, we'll say so many people said this. And I'm like, how many, so many. And it's, <laughs> you know, we're not in the office yeah. You can't do shoot from the hip type statistics anymore. You no. have to do, you know, real strong data-driven statistics. So I'd love if, if you put in the chat any other metrics that you see, um, you know, help each other out. What are the other metrics that you look for to kind of gauge the health of the business and the health of the population delivering the business? Mm-hmm. And you know, it's interesting to see, right? If your if your business KPIs are really great, but your engagement scores are really low, that's a problem. If your engagement scores are really high and your business performance is not on par, that's also a problem. Mm-hmm. I like them really, really symbiotic in the same place. Yeah, absolutely. Please jump in the chat and share any KPIs with each other with us as well, uh, because we're all just constantly learning. Like, what are you doing to to measure that? Um, and then what, what else can Anita dive in on that subject? Uh, because we're all facing it, right? No matter what level we are at, we're all facing the same, um, the same macroeconomic conditions uh, that influence everything that we do. Everything that we do from how much we hire to, you know, the conversations that we have on a day-to-day basis and the confidence of our teams. I think for me, that's always a challenge. It's like, how do you make sure that everyone is confident in where you're headed as a company when everything around you feels like there isn't, right? Like lacks that confidence. Well, and it's so true. And, you know, depending on how many of your team members are early career and, you know, where they are in their life cycle, like, we, you know, we were traveling to Disney. The girls are really obsessed with pink drinks right now. I was in the airport. I got two pink drinks, two cake pops and a pumpkin latte. It was $40. Oh my gosh. <laughs> $40. 
And I was like, oh my, you know, oh my goodness. And I go back, my first job out of college paid $26,000 a year. There's no way I'd be making a $40 Starbucks purchase, right? And so like, <laughs> that's for sure, you know, so what, 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 what's really happening. And so, you know, really looking at what is the average pay of your base, mm-hmm. you look at, you know, inflation is at all time highs. So, you know, a lot of people, a lot of statistics say that the average family is sp- spending eight to $10,000 more per year, just on gas, groceries, you know, utilities, incidentals, then um, you need to really think about how you're connecting with your base and what's important to them. Yep. Um, you know, as a, as a way of connection. Yeah. Love, yeah. Go ahead. You were going to jump in the chat. Go for it. I was going to too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love this comment. Employee listening is such an important tool. Love the questions. Also important to know how clear people are on how their performance will be measured and assessed aligned with how clear it is to them, how the work they do contributes to the company and business goals. Yeah, it's one of my favorite survey questions is I know how my job contributes to the vision of this company, right? Like that is 100% engagement for me is that I can see the impact that I make because I still believe humans at a fundamental level want to make an impact. And if they don't see how their job connects, it's really a challenge. And then, you know, David, you're right. It's hard if people don't know what winning is. You know, like how many of you pick your favorite sport, whether it's tennis or, you know, or football season or getting into, you know, big baseball World Series, right? Would you watch the World Series if there was no scoreboard? Right. (laughs) Not Right? (laughs) Why do we do this to our employees all the time? Why is it we put them out, out in a game and we don't know and we don't tell them if they're winning or losing? It's criminal, really. Oh, my gosh. Ania, that was so on point. <laughs> I love that. That was so on point. It is criminal. It's not fair. It's, it's not, not fair to anybody, no matter what where they are at the organization, to feel like you're blinded to the... You do this work every day. We invest so much time into the work that we do, and we do it with our hearts. And, like, it's, yeah, it's squid games, Brittany said. <laughs> That's so fair. That's so fair. Certainty, visibility, clarity into things is really, really key. It's a value that we really care about at Pillar. It's part of, like the core of what we do. So that, that, that is really, really key for us. So yeah, I love that. Anita, that was so good. Um, David said goal setting, even a light touch version really helps create that alignment. Yes. Yeah. Don't, don't get over complexified. I don't know if that's a word with all the SaaS products out there. Everybody wants to sell you goal setting tool. My favorite goal setting tool is still Google sheets, right? (laughs) I just, you know, I don't, I don't need some massive software to tell me if I'm winning or losing. I just need to know how I'm playing the game, how I earn points, and then I can deliver against the points, right? Whether it's, you know, I like quality of hire. I don't like time to hire. You know, there's some things out there. Um, and it's, it's really important to know kind of what your scoreboard is. Oh, I love that. Don't overcomplexify. It's my new favorite word. <laughs> Are you ready for the next? Everyone, bear with me. I'm running the slides, but show like aside. So Anita has to give me my prompts. <laughs> Prompt it, Anita. You feel like we're ready to go on to the next subject? We have two more. Yeah, we're gonna switch through two more subjects. So I love this one. Let's do another poll. Um, could be a little bit controversial. Do you do benefits retain your team? Ooh, I love this question. I want to hear. I want to know what you think. We're switching to our third topic of four 
we're doing rapid fire here. So let us know what you think. My partner and I, my partner would answer this question completely differently than me. He's so benefits focused. And I'm like, I want to feel good in my the culture. You know? <laughs> you know what? It's so interesting that you say that. It's completely, it's completely the five love languages. Have you read that mm-hmm. book? Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. So, you know, some people they want the cash, some people want nice thank you notes and some people want recognition benefits, you know, all of the things. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, we've got some good numbers in here. 65% of you feel like no and 35% feel yes. And the reason why I love this question is because we seem over rotated on benefits right now mm-hmm. to me post COVID. I think benefits got the biggest commercial of their life the last 24 months. And, you know, my big question is, yeah, well, great. I don't think there's a solid ROI for benefits. I think they're more table stakes. And, you know, I still, um, everybody kind of asks what's changed, Anita, what's different? How do we go about things differently? And I think on the next slide, you know, I really want to just bring us back to mission, vision, and values. Like the way that we win is through mission that inspires, vision that sets your directions, and values are your behaviors and action. You have to have a baseline level of benefits, but our team's new favorite turn on this term on this is they have to check the box. And by check the box, it means they're not a detractor in NPS comments, but they're also not a promoter. I want to be promoted on mission, vision, and values. And I want benefits that work for our team and that's customized and tailored to the different populations that we have, but we're going to win in mission, vision, and values. And so that's just something I want to bring you back to um, at this time when all of us are getting pinged by every new benefits startup on the planet. I really want to push them on their ROI. And I still think that this is where you spend your time and you spend your dollars and you spend, um, you know, focusing your engagement and your team around driving value for acquisition of talent and retention of talent. And so it's just to me a common thread that we can't lose sight of when we're in this time of complete distractions. Mm-hmm. So easily distracted right now. Yes. And, yeah. So no, curious please. how that lands. Go ahead. I was going to jump in and say, you know, I hear it all of the time. It's like we raised uh, salaries in order to attract more talent. We raise salaries to attract more talent. And half the time it's like, people don't choose on that. You know, um, it is ultimately like most benefits are table stakes. I love how you frame that. Well, what's so interesting about the salary thing too, is it's really getting conflated with the inflation thing. Mm-hmm. So from this really tight hiring market where everybody ratcheted up salaries, although competencies never grew. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I haven't interviewed somebody today that I interviewed two years ago and be like, oh, my gosh, they are 20 percent better. <laughs> They're so much better. They're not better. <laughs> two years ago. I mean, maybe there's like, right. but the same. <laughs> you know, but there's not that much differential in what we're paying for. If I look on return and investment, honestly. So, you know, you've already inflated and then everybody's like, oh, well, inflation. Well, still, if you look at all the data, you know, I just had a call. Um, with Radford, we have access to that survey. It's it's the best technology survey out there for compensation data. And they're really targeting, you know, cost of labor, not cost of living. Cost of labor is going to move this next year four to five percent. Mm. You know, you've already built in what you did from this tight hiring market. So don't feel pressured that your win, to your point, is going to be on dollars. I don't think it is. And oh. look, I love the real conversation. If somebody wants to job hop 
and like pick up 20 grand more from the startup down the street that has, you know, harvested their cap table to pay enormous salaries. And then you're going to be laid off in 12 to 18 months. Good. Go get that money today. Like no, you know, no judgment around that at all. And if you want a stable long-term career and stay somewhere where with a responsible business, then, um, you know, that's okay too. Then come join Bamboo, come join Pillar. You know, there's lots of places that, that will take you. And again, no judgment on either side, but let's just call it what it is to these candidates. Thousand preach. Anita from Brittany. Brittany's our, th our fourth, our third panelist. <laughs> She's so right. It's like, preach it. It's so true. It's so true. You know, it's like we all kind of, we do what we need to do for our needs, for our state of life, for our, you know, what we're, what we're hunting for. Um, but on a, on a company, at a company scale, it's like what's going to attract and retain and support and create a, a, a strong culture for you is not, it's not, a, it's not benefits based, it's not money based. It's this, it's mission, vision and values. Um, yeah, a hundred percent. Um, that's really, that's really huge. So then, so then how do we do that? And we go to the next slide of scaling your culture kind of in this hybrid workplace. You know, this is why we started with um, confidence, because I think you have to show conviction in these topics. Like everybody's been so scared. Oh, if I don't give them more money, they're going to leave me. If I ask them to come in the office for one day a month, they're going to leave me. Let them leave. Like let them leave. be convicted and the way that you want to work, the way that you want to solve problems, customize it to what the problem is that you're solving in the business. Like, you know, if I asked you, would you come into the office for four hours to whiteboard with me around this new product we want to ship to this customer? I could really use your brain because you're so good at innovating and creating on this product line. Who's going to say no to that? Yeah. Who, right. Who who is worth the the time and the investment would say no to that. Right. Absolutely. So be convicted in the work. Be intentional around it. Customize it to the problem and work that you're doing, and communicate why it matters over and over again. This is my commercial for Pat Lencioni, where he says you have to over communicate it 18 to 20 times before somebody really internalizes it. So you know, I think that's that's a key point for us. And then on the next slide, like, I just love this because I just see job descriptions that have gotten <laughs> so out of control. And if you read this story about Ernest Shackleton, you'll have to Google it if you haven't heard it. I just love this slide because he talks about what's crappy about the job. He talks about what's great about the job. And he talks about what you can gain if you do it well. And that's really all of our job descriptions need. But I think in this time, we've like, if you look at um, national data on turnover of team members between six and nine months, it's massive. And if you ask candidates what happened, they say, well, what I bought isn't what was sold to me in the interview process. And this is a real integrity moment for us as recruiters to say, let's be really honest about what isn't great about our companies, mm -hmm. what is great about our companies, and what the potential reward will be when we deliver on our mission. And I think if we recruit and retain from this same lens at this time, going back up to our mission, vision, and values, we can really win on this point. So I just had to kind of go a little bit extreme here with this example. And so I hope you find it light and funny, and I hope it will inspire you to be direct with what is <laughs> happening and what is not happening in your companies right now. Constant danger. <laughs> danger. Constant being is doubtful. I know. Safe return doubtful. I mean, being honest is everything, right? It's it's having that integrity. 
um, especially I was going to mention, you know, especially during the interview process, it's like a lot of our customers come to us and say, you know, it's like I spend time listening to interviews to better understand how we're communicating and making sure that we're communicating fully and transparently and honestly with candidates, because it's in those conversations, those first conversations where the seeds are planted for who this person, like for their, for how this person views the company and how, and how ultimately how they will succeed when they're there. And if they can actually make a, a good decision around it being a good match um, yeah. for the long run, that is ultimately the, the core foundation of a good retention rate of a good, um, a strong workforce. Uh, workforce. Quite, my question to you is: How do you make sure that you are all that you're communicating that throughout the site, the hiring cycle, that you're able, that your team is actively able to be to do that um, uh, in today's context? I still write my own job descriptions, right? So if I'm hiring on my team, I am writing that job description. Right. I'm getting input from the recruiter that's going to go work on it. But, you know, get in there. Look at what you're posting out there. Look at what your brand is like, you know, really don't take it for granted. That's that's part of the roll up your sleeves work that I think we should always be doing as leaders. And then um, look at that metric under um, retention under 12 months. To me, if, if they turn out before the year mark, it's a recruiter challenge. If it's after 12 months, it's a leader challenge. And go in and dive in and do retrospectives around why that hire wasn't successful. And before you just post, and I, I don't believe anyone should do one-to-one -one backfills, especially in this environment. I think we should always be rigorous around assessing our backfills and saying, what is the role we need today? Like the other question I really love is if they do make it through that year gate and they've been here 18 months, would you enthusiastically rehire this person for this role today? Mm. And that that's really telling as well. And again, it's not to be judgmental. It's to be really learning and to be really curious about what you can learn in your hiring process and how you're onboarding and how you're getting people, you know, to deliver value. Amazing. Yeah, exactly. It's a great question to loop in, um, especially for for people who who are who are staying. Um, yeah. Learning from that. That's huge. Um, I love that in you. That's a great point. Obviously, we are obsessed with the interview process. We're obsessed with transparency in the interview process. So um, I really appreciate seeing sort of this context for it. Um, jump in the chat, guys, if you have any questions or comments. I think we're going to move on to the next topic, Anita. Yep. Last one in our rapid fire. How many of you see your values in action? Let's see this poll. Do you see your values in action. Tell me what you're seeing out there in your organizations. Yeah, wow. what are you guys fighting for? Is it coming through? Yes. yes. About 50. Oh, 60, 40. Quick, quick switch. Get your votes in here. Still, yeah, six, almost 70. 70, yes. Do you see your values in action? Yeah, that's great. And so this is this is super awesome. I love seeing groups like this that are really strong and seeing your values in action. This is just a, a standard commercial I always love to do because I think, you know, creating our values in action are a way you create connection and engagement. So I just wanted to share this quick case study of, of what we did at Bamboo over 2022. We picked an annual theme that sat right underneath our mission, vision, and values called Connected on the next slide. And what we did is we said, hey, what's the one thing? Or I think if you go back um, to slide 14 there. Sorry, Anita. No, that's okay. Uh, that one? Oh, no. That's okay. Uh -huh. Oh, that's it. Yes, yes, yes. You got it. Yes. Um, <laughs> action. That's awesome. 
is, you know, we picked this theme connected that sat under our values because we thought if people were more connected, they'd be more engaged and help our mission of setting people free to do great work would happen more seamlessly. And we really saw an improvement in how people were feeling connected to the mission, how they were feeling connected to each other. And every quarter, every month, we would do different things. So every Monday, one of our leaders does a quick video about three to five minutes on something they do to stay connected. So that way in this remote world, everybody gets to have kind of some FaceTime. It feels authentic. It feels special to hear something personal from our leader on this. Um, we measure effectiveness by how people feel connected to their job and does their job connect to their mission. And then we have a lot of conversations within our team. So we had a warrior of wellness month through the summer where we all got water bottles and we would post pictures of us drinking water, staying hydrated in Slack. Um, so we could like <laughs> connecting on zoom or in person, people go on hikes, they would do, you know, remote yoga challenges, things like that. So you could continue to drive connection to your vision and values through different programs. And it was just a great case study that I wanted to share as we, as we spoke about this. Oh, I so, love that. I love that. It was super fun. Yeah. So move to the, I don't know if you want to move to the final slide, just to kind of wrap up our four areas you know, set a regimen to promote personal well-being and goals for yourself, you know, identify your strategy for the next 12 to 24 months through this, you know, economic change that we're in, build a culture to support the team that you need to accomplish your company goals and communicate um, vision as often as possible to really create that engagement. So oh, that's, that's yeah. what we have. Well, that's a good conversation. Thank you. I wish I had the whole audience able to clap. <laughs> Oh, I love that, Anita. That was that was wonderful. Thank you for 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 walking us through that. I love that we went from personal and how you kind of it started with personal. Like we started with personal. We started with what it takes to be able to do what we're going to do next, and then got into the the weeds of just like of how we talk about values, how we measure, how we communicate. Um, really powerful, powerful stuff um, for everyone. If this is, we're going to give about five to ten minutes for Q and A now, and just open the floor for any questions. There's a question tab um, at the bottom right that you can jump into and share any like questions that you have um, for Anita um, or for anyone really on this, on the chat, since we have some really great um, uh, guests as well. Um, okay. I am seeing one question coming up. Oh, that was me. Oh, that was you. I'm seeing another one. I'm seeing another one. Um, in my DM, I'm seeing what suggestions you have for keeping fully remote teams engaged. Ooh, that's a good one. It's a good one. So, I mean, I think one piece, are they all in North America? Are they across different time zones? There's lots of things that you can do. Again, I'm a big fan of Slack and leveraging your Slack channels, or if you use Microsoft Teams, whatever, pick your poison, to create contests, to create communities. Like um, whether everybody loves like Pokemon Go, then you could have a Slack channel around that. If you have a travel channel, everybody can post in there. If you have, you know, uh, I love it, March Madness. We have a channel that's March Madness, all about college basketball. So find different ways that you can connect people across Slack and then leverage that to do company-wide initiatives where people connect with one another and post the pictures in Slack to be connected. One thing that we do at Bamboo is we have a benefit called Paid Paid. Everybody gets $2,000 to go on vacation, but to get the reimbursement, you have to post pictures 
of you and whoever you went with on your holiday into the Slack channel and talk about, you know, what you did to create memories and experiences around it. And so that creates a few things. One, it just allows people to be connected. You get to see what people are doing. You get to know the people that they love and care for in their community. And so really try to use the existing technology to do that. One other tool that I like, I don't have it sitting on my on my desk, but I usually have a question box of cards and opening up meetings, asking a question, mm. you know, what was your favorite food at my um, my all hands last week? I asked, what's the one product you've bought that's changed your life? Mm. Right. And we we're like air fryers, air fryers. Right. So, <laughs> I love my air fryer. Minutes and be like, ask a question that's non work related that generates connection. Oh, I love that. I love that. And our team, we do a, we do a, a personal win and a professional win every all hands on Friday. And we try to, you know, everybody kind of jumps in with their, you know, ultimately like we are people first, you know, <laughs> and so um, uh, we get to know each other really well in that way. I really love that. Um, and then we can celebrate the, you know, we can celebrate all of our wins. It, I think somebody earlier said, if problems keep coming and coming and coming, if we're always talking about the problems and we're not, we're also not celebrating the wins, whether they're small or big, um, we need to like acknowledge them and see them um, throughout the journey to stay motivated um, and to to stay motivated as a team and to focus. So those are two things that like we really, really care about on our team as well. On that same note, Anita, you know, what are sort of the biggest challenges that you have seen with running a remote team um, today? I think the biggest things is not having, I think everybody's gotten better at this, but having clear rules of engagement of how to operate remote. So I think if you're going to have a meeting and not everybody can be in person, you have everybody remote. Mm -hmm. I think also if you're going to have a split meeting, so like in my all hands, I can't get everybody in person. And so I just acknowledge that it is an event built for in-person participation. And if you're remote, we're going to have a remote meeting next month where everybody will have their own box. Hmm. And so I think just like acknowledging, you know, I had a team offsite where I offered for everybody to fly in. Not everybody was able to fly in, but it was like, hey, we're optimizing this for in-person participation. I'm not going to send gift cards home for everybody to get DoorDash gift cards. Like, I think you have to understand that there's not going to be like everybody gets everything. Like if you have a headquarters in Boston and you have a company picnic and not everybody can get to Boston, you're not sending picnic swag to everybody across your entire team. Right. It's just right. like, hey, the benefit of being where HQ is, is that you get some additional perks. And there's times where remote team members get additional perks that HQ people do not. And so I just think it's good to have that ebb and flow and be upright and direct around what people get and what people don't and how you engage. Because I actually think remote engagement is more inclusive than in person. Right. Because you can leverage the chat. You can leverage different ways to talk to each other that I think speaks to all four personality types. Um, so I think you have to really think what is the intent of the time? What is the meeting structure that's going to optimize the outcome and then go from there? And if we put that lens on, it really helps. Amazing. Amazing. That's, 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 that anchors a lot on how we think as well and how I've been thinking as well. It's very exciting to, to just be focused in that direction. Um, Anita, I want, there's another, I see another question coming in. We probably have time for just one more. If there's any more coming in, just shoot them shoot them through. Let me see. I just realized that you can't see each other's questions, so I didn't mean to post that in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I saw yours. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that post. Um, okay. 
okay, this is this is we'll have, we have time for one more, so I'll, I'll cherry pick a little bit. Um, what advice, just to close it out, what advice do you have for managing and maintaining work life work life harmony? <laughs> we'll close it out with that one. Yeah, I, I think the first piece is I, you know, have a strong vision for what harmony means to you, right? So I have like pretty strong rules of engagement for myself of like who I want to be as a mother, who I want to be as a partner and who I want to be as a friend and, you know, a teammate. And so based on that, I work to design what what's going to happen that week. And so if there's a week that I'm going to be choosing, like note that I choose, I choose where I spend my time. Um, I think that's the other big rule of engagement for me is that I'm not a victim to what happens to me. If I'm not happy with the things that are being scheduled or how life is coming at me, I recognize I have to do something different in it. So that's like, that's the, probably the first step. And from there, it's like, just like the doctor's example last week is like, I'm going to just be at the doctor's appointment. I didn't like how that felt. That's nobody's fault, but my own. And so I just need to make it different for myself. Um, you know, we had something with our family yesterday afternoon and I was done at two and I'm like, I'm going to be done at two today. And there's other days where I'm not going to be home until eight or nine and that's okay. And I really work on outcome driven work and not hourly driven work. So, you know, am I sure that I'm focused on the most important things? And then do I go back to my team and say, Hey, how are you experiencing me? Is there anything you need better or different? Like part of being able to be in harmony is constantly asking and listening and learning from the ways that I can be better. And when you do that and recognize that you don't have to be emotional about it, it's not a personal attack on me. You know, people often give me feedback. Hey, Anita, you're too short in your slacks. I don't understand what you're saying. You're not clear and concise and complete enough in Slack communication. I know that that's like a general weakness for me. And so when I really care about something, I need to spend more time if I'm going to write it out and be super succinct. And it's not a knock on who I am as a human. It's a way that I can be more effective as a leader. And that's okay. I'm going to work to be better at those things. So yeah. like really be open and see uh, feedback as a way to learn and improve. Yeah. Oh, Anita, thank you so, so much. That's so good. I, I hear in all of that, I hear I hear self-awareness, self-awareness, self-awareness. David, thank you for coming. Um, David joined us from Goldman, which I used to be at. So very exciting to see him here. Brittany, thank you for coming. Everybody who's in the chat, thank you so much. Um, Anita, a big thank you to you. We are here every month. Um, so please continue to join us, join the conversation. Let's, let's continue to build community um, here as well. Anita, you are the best. Thank you so much. Thanks for being a wonderful co-host. So great yeah. to be with you. Thanks for joining us for HR Unplugged. This series is brought to you by Bambi HR. Visit us at bambuhr.com slash HR dash unplugged for video versions of the podcast, additional resources, and to learn more about how Bambi HR sets people free to do great work.